Welcome to the Female Insight Zone, a podcast dedicated to sharing insights from women who have made an indelible mark in business and the path they took to soar. Welcome to the Female Insight Zone. This is Mary Beth Kosmeski. Today I'm interviewing Wendy Kelly. Wendy is an author, an artist, and a transformational coach, which I'll be asking her about. And I am thrilled. Wendy and I have been friends for a very long time, and she does so many interesting things, including she's written, uh, she's the co-author of five novels. I, I don't know where and how that is even possible to do that. I've written seven business books, but not novels. It's a totally different and much harder uh, skill. So I, I am so excited to welcome Wendy to the Female Insight Zone. Hello. How are you? I am doing great. So, Wendy, tell me a little bit about, I know that you have written a series of books with your co-author, and I just, I've read two of the books. I probably should have read all of them, but I've read two of the books. They're absolutely amazing. So talk a little bit about the books, and then we'll back up and and talk about how you got there. Wonderful. Uh, The series is called Bonds of Blood and Spirit, and the first book, which is how you got started, Loyalties is really where it all begins, and the books are basically about a woman named Regina who came from a terrible past, a past where she was abandoned as a child. Nobody loves her. She has zero trust in the world and about how things work and terrible social skills. She's a brat. And throughout the series, we watch Regina transform and grow into a woman of substance, a woman of power, who learns a great deal about love and compassion. So the whole series is focused on learning how to trust, learning how to love, building relationships, creating family, and then giving back to the world. Well, it's absolutely, it's absolutely awesome. And and the book is, it's one of those books, at least for me, you you pick the book up, you start, you start reading it and you literally cannot put it down. I, um, you know, when I sit down to read a book, I might have, you know, 20 minutes and then, you know, it's two and a half hours later and I'm still reading and loving every minute of it. So that's awesome. But here's something that I've always wondered about, you know, novelists, you don't write like a business book, you know, a business book, every chapter could sort of be separate, but you have to flow through, you know, the the drama and the storyline folds through the entire book. And there's something that happens in chapter one that's now relayed in chapter 15 and it all fits together. How do you do that? Do you do a storyboard or how do you figure out how to, how to, you know, do all that entire book with all of those different storylines going through? Well, what's fascinating is, It's not just one book, it's the series. So we had the series of four books, and Mary Beth, you know these books have like 600 pages each. (laughs) All of those books have a storyline that goes through it and plot lines that come and go and grow. And by the end of book one, uh, we've already set up parts of book two so that you can't wait to get your hands on book two. And that's a twofold process. First, you just have to write the story and let it fly. And if something changes, you have to be flexible enough to go with those changes. But from the very beginning, we knew what the ending of the last book was going to be. So we knew the beginning, we knew the ending, and we were filling in all of the places in between. And within that, there's a great deal of flexibility. And one of the fun parts of working with a co-writer is that she writes certain characters and I write certain characters. So we know what we want the book to accomplish, we knew the goal of it, and we know what the ending of the book was going to be. 
but within each chapter, we would start out with, what is the point of this chapter? Okay, we agree on that. Hit go. And I, my character would say something, her character would respond. My character says something else, her character says something else. And we work through that chapter in real time. We, we work on an online writing. At, and, and you readers don't know this, I know you do, but Deb lives on the other side of the country for me. So we, we're not even together when we're writing. We're writing on an online platform. That's absolutely have, amazing. <laughs> <laughs> that blows people away. But we have no idea what the end of how the chapter is going to go. And we've been surprised many, many times at the end of a chapter and go, well, that didn't go the way we expected it to. <laughs> so a lot of it comes in the editing when you weave back in all of those pieces. Ah, I see. Well, what about writer's block? I think that everybody at some point has gotten writer's block, but you hear about the infamous writer's block that novelists and writers get at certain times. Have you experienced that? How do you deal with that? You know, I'm the wrong person to ask because I do not believe in writer's block. Ah. I honestly, <laughs> and this goes back to my uh, being a mindset coach, uh, transformational coach. I think that's fear. I mean, I think we just need to label it exactly what it is. It's fear. It's when your brain gets in your way and starts going, blah, blah, blah. You can't do this. Who wants to listen? Nobody cares about what you have to say. You're wasting your time. And it's really just fear. <sighs> the idea that there's a writer's block is no different than there's a business person who goes to their work and, and gets frozen and can't figure out what they're doing. So it's just plain fear. So do you coach writers to to get over all of those things and to let it flow freely? I mean, do you are you mostly coaching writers? You're coaching just talk a little bit about your coaching business since you said that. Uh, it's a little bit tricky to explain in a short amount of time because it's evolving as we go on. Currently, I'm working with small business owners and writers. Uh, I started out working with small business owners, but as We've written five novels. So many writers come to us that it's, I'm really working with a lot of writers right now. And basically the coaching is the same, whether it's a writer or it's a small business owner or it's someone who's trying to complete a project and get stuck. The work that I do is really in helping people to transform their mindset to get them where they want to go. The, the blocks that stop our success are really so much about the inner language that's going on inside our head. The fears that are talking to us, the expectations, the judgments and the comparisons that we put forth with everybody else around us. For example, I would have a lot of writer's block if I compared myself to other writers who I consider to be excellent writers. <laughs> There's right. no way. I would ever think that I could accomplish a book of that caliber. So instead, I stay in my own lane. I focus on my work. I focus on the message that I want to get out there. And that's really the work that I help other writers to, to work through. When they come to me and they're like, please help me with my book. I've written 10 chapters and I'm stuck. I don't know where to go. Usually what it ends up being is they got scared and they got off message. They forgot what it was that they wanted to share. Hmm. 
You know, in some ways, it's a it's a bit of a crisis of confidence, maybe, or something. But do you work with women and men? And do you find that there is a difference that women have? Because there's a lot of talk about how women have more of a crisis of confidence, or we feel it differently, or we, um, we show it, we project it differently. What have you seen? I we do work with men. Um, I work mostly with women. I think I relate to women uh, a great deal because of what you just said, because that that crisis comes in all forms and it's I focused a lot with creativity and creative entrepreneurs but I don't think it's it's just that it's who we are showing up in this world that constant feeling that we have to not be a hundred percent a hundred and ten percent to compete and when we when we get stuck in that feeling that in order to be good enough I have to be better than it gets very messy in our mind. We get stuck. And uh, I feel like men, when I work with men in their writing coaching or in their small business, they don't, they don't get, they don't even think about their mindset, to be perfectly frank. They just want to know what's the next action step. What do I do next? What's the most efficient thing to do? Don't bother me with that stuff. Just let me get to the point. And, and so it's very different working with the two groups of people, and I have to approach it in a completely different way. Yeah, I, I think that's absolutely right. And I mean, what is some advice maybe that you have for women that might be listening, and men too, but for women that might be listening to this and, and you feel this this crisis of confidence, um, that's what I'm calling it for the moment. There's probably can be phrased a lot of different ways. But what what are some action steps besides hiring a coach? Obviously, that's a good idea. But what are some other action steps that they can take? Well, one of the things that I talk about a great deal in coaching is the difference between moving the ball forward or juggling the balls. And all women relate to the concept of having a million balls in the air and juggling them all and all the things that we want to get done. Uh, because we, as women, can't take family out of the equation. Uh, and I really know that men can't either, but it's just different for us. We're, every aspect of our lives is integrated. And we constantly feel like we have too many things going on at once. So my advice is figure out which are the most important balls that you have and then move one at a time just a little bit, just a tiny bit. What ball am I working on right now? And what action step do I need to take to move it forward just a little bit? Because for me, the trick to that is it's creating an isolation in our mind. And really, that's the trick that men have. They're very focused on that thing that they're doing. So if you can get the idea of this is the ball I want to work on. Today, I'm working on my creativity ball. The only thing I have to do today is write three pages. Boom. Move the ball a little bit forward. Or health, the health ball. All I have to do is get to my workout. Do it. Get it done. Move the ball forward then pick up another ball. As opposed to that concept of juggling all the balls in the air and trying to keep everything going at once, it's it's taking that multitasking brain that we have and really fine-tuning it down to just one action at a time. 
Yeah, I think that's great advice. I've, I've heard that um, men are able to compartmentalize. I, I hate making generalizations, but men are able I to know. compartmentalize um, in some ways better than women are. Um, they can focus on one thing and then focus on another thing. And they put this part of their life here and this part of their life there. And, and you're right, women, it, it sort of all comes together and it becomes really messy because we're trying to do mm-hmm. all of these things and it causes all sorts of extra stress. So I love the idea about just focusing on one ball at a time and moving it forward just slightly. I think that's also really, really wise because if we look at this big goal, we go, I'm not going to get there today. So you know what? I'm not even going to do it or or I'm just going to keep doing what I'm doing right now and that doesn't work either. Exactly. It it creates a stuck, a stuck point where because we can't figure out how to get all the balls moving together, we don't move any ball anywhere. (laughs) It's so backward. But we all do it, and we all understand exactly what we're talking about when we when we speak about it. Uh, because if I, I feel like a failure in my weight, or if I feel like a failure in my business, I feel like a failure in everything. And rather than to say all that stuff is great today, I just need to improve this one little thing. Uh, we generalize. We, we're the biggest <laughs> generalizers of our own self and self esteem and self awareness. We if I if I'm not good at this, that means I'm not good at anything. It's just simply not true. Yeah, no, absolutely. So you, you've obviously learned this concept of being able to, to focus and, and do things in a different way, but you've learned it maybe because of things that you've gone through. Would you like to share with our audience maybe a big challenge that you went through, which was sort of an eye-opener for getting to um, the point where you're at today, where you're helping others get over some of their big challenges, like a big one? Well, one of the biggest challenges that I've gone through has been a continuous challenge. And and it starts simply that I became a mom at 16 years old. And for a good portion of raising my four kids, I've been a single mom on and off. And so during those times of running my own business and being a single mom and raising kids and all the fears and all the things that go along with that. I mean, this is a short podcast. That's a novel as big as my book. (laughs) (laughs) What I learned is, is that skill of compartmentalizing since you use that word. I, I don't really love it, but it's, it is exactly that where I could not afford to allow myself to be overwhelmed. I just couldn't afford it. I had kids depending on me. I had a business to run. I had things going on. So then I, I went into real estate. That in itself was a big choice to make. And as you know, we met there. Yep. And I had a great run in real estate for like nine years. And then the market fell apart. There I was again, a single mom. Now the job that I'm depending on doesn't work. I have to reinvent myself all over again. And all of that mindset stuff crashed in on me. And that was when I started Blue Sun Studio with my partner and really said, you know what? I always wanted to be a writer. I always wanted to help other people. No time like the present. Starting over again after everything had come crashing down taught me probably one of the biggest lessons of my life. And that is you will never stop being afraid. You just have to step over the fear and keep going. 
Yeah, that's it. Oh my gosh. And, and you know, I, every single person on this podcast knows that they have experienced something where they have tried to kick the fear, or move the fear to the side, but not step over it. And it's caused a lot of, a lot of problems. But, um, you know, you, you tell your story and I, you know, I'm sure there were times when you just said, I just don't know how I'm going to keep four children, single mom, career crashes, really. I mean, scary stuff. So, you know, when you're working with other people who are going through moments, I mean, the things that you learned when you were going through that situation, is that what makes up a lot of what you're talking about in coaching today? Absolutely. There's, there's no way. I mean, I, my focus when I'm coaching with someone else is their story, not my story. But I know from feedback from my clients that they say to me, if you could get over the stuff that you've gotten over, I know I can do this. And it, and it does help when women share their stories. I really, truly believe that because we all feel like we're going through this by ourselves. Nobody's story is as bad as our story. We're the ones who had it the worst. We simply can't do it because we've, and it's not true. Every woman, every woman I've ever spoken to, every woman I've ever coached with has felt like they've lived through the school of hard knocks. And um, it's true. We all have. But we have to just keep going. And so I share my solutions more than I share the sob story, if that makes sense. Yeah, no. Because we all have a sob story. Right. And it's, you know, it, the person is concerned about their own story, but I, I just felt like you, you had to be relaying, um, not exactly your story, but the things that you've learned. And yeah, any other advice on if someone's going through something big right now and they're, they're afraid to, to step forward or walk over it and there's just fear everywhere. What's something that they can think about, change their mindset? How would you suggest doing that? Well, two things. First of all, say it out loud, whether you're in a room by yourself or you have a journal to write it in or you have a friend to confide in, share it because it's the stuff we keep to ourselves that festers and builds and becomes an infection, uh, a crisis of the mind. When we share, we realize everybody's gone through this feeling of fear. Everyone's gone through this sense of failure that I can't do what I want to do, that all my goals are insurmountable, that there's no way to get there. Then second of all, have your big goal in mind, have what it is, but transformation is never about a, a woman putting on a super suit and leaping over a building. It's about figuring out how to take that one small step, just, just a small step every single day and doing it with consistency. There's a lot of uh, talk about self-love and self-esteem, but the truth of the matter is we get more powerful when we learn to trust that we will take the actions that we say we want to do. Hmm. There's not a lot of talk about that. There's not a lot of, of really focusing on your personal self-integrity. And did you have integrity today with the actions you said you wanted to do? And, and it really takes that. To, it, you know, 600-page novels are not written in a day. They're written two or three pages, then the next two or three pages, then the next two or three pages. And it's the same with life. 
Yeah. Wow. Well, I mean, for someone who has written multiple 600 page books, you just wanted to be a writer. Most people say they want to be a writer and they write one book. <laughs> You've written <laughs> an amazing number of a very long in-depth books. Um, are there more coming? Yes, there are. We have the first book, Tao's Pride Storms is the second uh, series. It's the start of the second series with the same characters going on another adventure. And then we have seven other books in rough draft form. And, th and that's another thing to, to really mention is writing a book is really about getting it all out on the page. And then the long process of editing is where books are actually created. As you know, you've written books. It's, it's one thing to get something on the page and it will always be imperfect, but editing is where the polishing and the real novels come from. So we have seven more in that condition. But oh now we're my gosh. <laughs> amazing. <laughs> so how can people reach you? How can they find you at Blue Sun Studio or give the uh, URL and all that? BlueSunStudioInc.com uh, is our, is our website. And you can find our novels. If you go to Amazon, uh, Wendy Kelly, Wendy with an I, W-E-N-D-I, Kelly. Uh, all of the novels are there at uh, Amazon, Wendy Kelly. You can find them all there. And the coaching business, uh, it's best to probably find me at Blue Sun Studio and just send a message. Wonderful. Well, thank you so much for sharing your story and sharing about what you're doing and giving us some great advice here today on the Female Inside Zone. It was a pleasure. Thank you so much for the opportunity. Thanks for listening to the Female Insight Zone, a podcast dedicated to sharing insights from women who have made an indelible mark in business and the path they took to soar. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.